Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. I'm Bharati Jagdish. Now, let's put things simply. If you want to learn how to bake, you go to a baking school, right? Or you go an apprentice for a baker. Likewise, if you want to drive, you'll go look for a driving instructor. Basically, to learn a skill, any skill, you learn from someone who has that skill. And if you want to become an entrepreneur... Do you know who you can go to learn it from? Business school alone won't do. So for aspiring entrepreneurs and to get some advice, Kent Teo has been invited to the studio. He is founder and CEO of a company called Invade, and he might just have the answers that you need if you are an aspiring entrepreneur. Or maybe you've tried it out and failed. Worry not, help is on the way. Hi, Kent. Thanks for joining us in the studio today. Hi, Bharati. Hi, everyone. So, Kent, first of all, let's talk about your business, Invade. I looked it up online and there's a very fancy description here. It's in the business of space content activation. So you work with space managers and landlords to reimagine their spaces. What exactly do you do and why did you decide to do this with your life at this point? In other words, tell us about your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, I think the word space content activation is really from a uh, differentiation point that we like to make. Of course, in layman terms, we are often being regarded as an events management or events agency. Ah, okay. But <laughs> I think the one that we're trying to deliver is creative place making. We think that uh, there are plenty of spaces that's underutilized. And then events is actually one way that we can place make and make a space interesting. So therefore okay. the name. Ah, so this already gives me a clue as to the sort of advice you would give an entrepreneur, (laughs) right? So make sure that whatever your value proposition is, it sounds fancy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's basically to find that differentiation point to be able to provide real value to the problem that you're trying to solve. Right. Okay. So what got you started on Mm. this? What made you want to be an entrepreneur? I guess um, throughout my whole, I mean, school life, I was like into event organizing, right? I, I love to organize orientation, school camps and, and whatnot. I like to be the, those capos, right? Mm. Trying to look at uh, how do we make student life more interesting. Mm. Then, I was the complete opposite. <laughs> I just go to the event, but I don't want to do the, end yeah, of the work. We, let, let us do the work for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then comes uh, uni life where I kind of like, you know, start to travel, look at, you know, let's visit Bangkok, let's visit Taiwan, let's visit all the different cities and realize that hey um uh, markets, night night markets, flea markets, artisan markets are very, very interesting. It speaks the uh, local culture a lot, right? Uh, where you get to learn more about their culture, speak to the locals, uh, where they hustle and stuff like that. So we, we love that. We love uh, exploring those markets. And then we've kind of like, it's very, very naive thinking. La, but then with my kind of like experience in organizing events and I love visiting flea markets and night markets, why don't I kind of like marry them together and mm. then go into event organizing just for artisan markets, festivals and flea markets. Okay, but you could have easily done this by joining an events company mm. of sorts, right? And oh, working yeah. for them. Why did you decide to go out on your own? Honestly, not much of like planning or like, you know, business plan or writing out a business plan. Like why should I start my, my entrepreneurship journey? I just think that because I think that I'm solving a problem and um, by coming up with a solution and then entrepreneurship is my 
answer to that. So mm. I, it didn't mean that oh, I, I need to join events company to say that, oh, I want to propose and organize a flea market, you know, on behalf of the boss and stuff like that. It just, it comes naturally, I guess. I know that it's a, it's a problem. There's not much uh, interesting flea markets or night markets in Singapore. There's no permanent night markets and stuff like that. Mm. And I was like, hey, why don't we organize one? And then to organize one, therefore, I have to be you know, set up my own company and do my start my entrepreneurship journey. And it, it just comes naturally if you actually nobody asked me that question before. Wow. Yeah. Hey, that's funny. In, okay. In, in, in that aspect, like in that aspect, like right. why entrepreneurship to that? Kind yeah, of, like, why not problem? just go work somewhere yeah, and correct, right? uh, yeah. tell them I can do this, you yeah. know, for an employer. <laughs> well, I'm glad you've at least been asked this question once <laughs> yeah. uh, and you have an answer for it. Yeah. But it must have been challenging, which is why you yourself have come up with mm. a program for other startups. A mentorship program, which we will talk about in a moment sure. in greater detail. Mm. But what were some of the challenges you faced as you were doing this? I, I think back then, it was about 12 years ago, 2010, uh, when I, I guess entrepreneurship wasn't as vibrant in a sense of like, there's no such thing as um, co-working spaces, mm. grants, seed funding, Series A, Series B, Series C, and go on and on. <laughs> so <laughs> 12 years ago, it was uh, more dull. Um, you are more in the sense of like, uh, you have to probably run solo in a sense of like, there isn't much help or you wouldn't know right mm. uh, information doesn't come as ready uh, as now right so back then we were like in that kind of space where we need to figure things out on our own right if we need an office space then we rent or we bunk in with someone else right and then if we want to kind of like register a business or what, what should we do should it be a private limited should it be a partnership you know all these things comes to yeah. us and then we have to kind of like search it up on ourselves so then that gives that kind of like a starting point and then when we thought that organizing a flea market is very, very simple, it's just like get a space, <laughs> you know, or rent some tables and people will just you know, take up a store and then, you know, there, there you have it, a flea market, right? <laughs> it uh, wasn't that simple. Uh, lo and behold, no, it's not that simple at all. Right. Uh, many of these shopping malls, they were saying that, oh, you know, it's not on brand. Uh, mm. It's like uh, flea markets and markets that doesn't really match the image and positioning. So then they kind of like rejected us. So we mm. really have to go to a lot of shopping malls before one of them actually said that, okay, there's this random corner on level 5 do you want that mm. so it's like oh okay then let's let's take it up la. That's, that's the only option we have and then uh, we kind of like uh, approach all the different uh, storeholders uh, because back then we don't have database we don't have network we don't know anyone so where can we go then very naive thinking again we just oh let's go to Boogie Street and ask all the store owners do they want to rent a pop-up shop mm. right uh, but then most of them are shop assistant mm. they don't care in general then they say, or they'll say no. you have to talk to my boss not boss yeah. And all like, okay lah, you know what, I support you. I got some uh, second-hand clothes I want to sell. Then let okay. me rent a shop from you. So okay. so so we kind of like recruited around four to five storeholders, but we needed 20. So in the end, my first venture failed. Okay. I didn't manage, it didn't manage to happen in my first flea market. How did you get from there to success? <laughs> so I, I think um we were honest. We kind of like faced the situation and we called each and every one of them and said that, hey, sorry, um... We can't organize the flea market. If we were to proceed, we would like lose a lot, a lot of money. And it's like back then we were just a startup. So would you like to bunk in with someone else? So we approached other flea market organizer and said that, do you like to take in these five stores that we didn't manage to find a space for them? Mm. So I think it got started from there. Then we talked to the flea market organizer. Although we are like friendly competitors, they, they told us that, okay, you know, there's other spot that you can rent and stuff. So mm. we started our journey from there instead. Mm. Yeah. So what would you say if you had to? To put it in a nutshell, is your key to success? 
considering that you failed, you tried it, you know, the old fashioned way in the old times, it failed. But then you have managed to grow the business to this extent today. I always believe in that rinse and repeat kind of model. I think uh, there's no easy way around. I think it's very cliche to say that. But I think the more you do, the luckier you get. I really believe that a lot. Mm. Uh, entrepreneurs doesn't mean that, oh, flexible timing, you can free and easy, you can do whatever you want. Actually, on the contrary, it's like the more you do, then the more results you get to you. La. That's as straightforward, as blatant as it is. So I think from back then, from 2010 until now, I think is really on like on a constantly hustle and kind of like grind mode to constantly look out for different kind of opportunities but stay focused always identify your core target audience mm. the users and what's the problem that you're trying to solve and more or less the solutions that you come up with always revolve around uh, those ingredients that you already have in your base so I think our first breakthrough or first milestone is we get to be the term flea, ma- flea market organizer at Scape. You know when F- ah, Scape first started? Right. There right. was this like flea markets and everything. Yeah, they so, were trying to do something different. Yeah, so then then we so we managed to secure a relationship with Scape. Uh, back then, Miss Lim Chu was the chairperson. La. So then she, she said, okay, la, go ahead. You know, uh, we kind of like do our flea market every weekend. Mm. So from, from like 10 stores per weekend, we grew to 160 stores per weekend, right? Every day, that's just grow and grow in terms of our database. So did you have a mentor? Um, not not quite yet, honestly. <laughs> that, that, that's why it, we came out with something, right? Yeah, so we think that... That's then, why you now have something called the Somerset Sandbox, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So S- Sandbox Somerset is a kind of like an idea that I thought that, hey, um, I... It's very, very simple message. I just want to be able to profile, enable, identify 100 youth founders in the food, retail and creative space. Because if you ask me and you today, like, who are our 100 founders? Who are our next generation of, of founders who have achieved certain milestones? Mm, of we, course, we, we have been talking about Sim Wong Hu today. Yeah. But yes, you're looking for the next generation. Correct. So we know some, right? But, so, but we don't know all. So it's just a simple message. Identify them, showcase them, profile them and highlight them. Okay, why those particular sectors though, F&B and creative industry? So, it's a bit selfish reason uh, in the sense of like, um, because if you look at the tech founders, like they, they get a lot of attention, right? Yeah. You know, they raise 1 million, 10 million, 100 million. Then they always constantly be in the news because the numbers are big, right? But how about those that is like, you know, hustling and like grinding, like working level, 5am need to buy the ingredients and, you know, need to set up their shop and stuff. So I just want to have an opportunity to highlight them because mm. I call those traditional business like me. Mm. So th- back then, 10 years ago, there wasn't such opportunity. So why don't I start it now? I'm not the age anymore. Sadly, I'm like 38 this year, but I want to <laughs> help those that are like the still the, very the, young. Don't the, worry, the younger generation, the 25s to 35s, and then National Youth Council has been very, very supportive. They straight away think that hey, this is something that we are looking out for. Founders oriented initiative, they haven't really quite dabbled into that. Mm. So then they were like saying, okay, this is really something that they want to get behind with. Okay, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a while. But something you said earlier struck me that being an entrepreneur is not about flexible work hours and all that. In fact, you are hustling quite a bit, right? To what extent do you think really the idea of entrepreneurship has still or is still being romanticized? Um, 
unfortunately, the, in terms of like where where the, the media space, the media outlet, the, the way they portray, right? They celebrate a lot of successes. They celebrate a lot of like, oh, funding, funded, you know, top unicorns and stuff. So I think that is where people have those dreams and say, you know what, I want to be the next billion dollar company and next hundred million dollar company. And it's actually different terms for it. Like mm. The ponies, the centers and the unicorns. The unicorns, right? yeah, yeah, correct. So that's really kind of like it romanticized that way. So what But surely people to, are aware they'll have to put in a lot of work in order to get there. They may or may not be. I mean, oh dear. Yeah, I mean, that's that, that one successful company, but you know that it's like 10,000 that fail, you know, that kind of thing. So right. people know, but sometimes people just don't want to face that hard truth and say, okay, 10,000 failed in order to get one successful player. Mm. The thing is, at one point, I noticed that everybody and their mother wanted to be an entrepreneur. Is that still the case? This was a few years ago, you know, when the government was trying to yeah. cultivate entrepreneurship. Right. Because right. at that time, not many people were getting into yeah. it. But these days, it feels like everyone wants to, has a startup or mm. has an idea for mm. one. What's your perspective, though? I, I think it's good regardless. Why is because um, entrepreneurship, regardless, can be an important attribute that you can take it to your full-time employment. Uh, regardless, I mean, there's no such thing as you fail, right? Uh, regardless, it is an attribute that you can take it home, la, right, with you. Because it's, it's the lessons that you learn, the perspective, the experience that you take in and absorb at that point, at that juncture, mm. right? So with that... I think it's valuable that you can bring it to full-time employment regardless, right? So I would say that is the perspective that I'm looking at. Mm, they call them intrapreneurs when they do it within organisations, right? And I know a lot of organisations are looking for employees with that sort of spirit as well. Mm. The thing is, you mentioned earlier that when you started off, there was very little information and support. Yeah. These days, there's a lot of information and support out there. Yeah. So what exactly are you offering in terms of value add mm. through this sandbox? I guess what we're trying to say is it doesn't mean it gets easier just because there's a lot of support and help. What we're trying to do here is to condense, right? Because again, um, most of the startup entrepreneurs or we call it bootstrap entrepreneurs, right? It's like one-man show, two-man show, right? They do not, they might not have the ability to seek out information. There's plenty, uh, the, I mean, the beauty and of course the downside of current days is like there's plenty of information, overwhelming, overloaded. Then perhaps they are looking at some form of like condensed kind of information like, okay, you know what, exactly what I can get help with, right? Uh, what is my next immediate point, right? Because for example, if I am, uh, say for example, I'm a 100k business, you know, 100k revenue kind of thing. When I look for a mentor, should I look for a $10 million company or $100 million company? No. You should look for a million dollar company startup, for example, as a mentor because it's more relevant, more closer to where you are. Mm. Prob probably the, the problem that you're trying to solve or the problem that you face might be similar. So it's things like that. It's always at the right time and right context. Mm. So what Sandbox Somerset did was, you know, we actually condensed it into a two weeks uh, pop-up, right? A container park where we gather all the entrepreneurs together, the veterans, the young one, the inexperienced, the veterans as well, the curators themselves, and opportunities for everybody to get together. Because I know that everybody's like busy firefighting, mm. rental increase, uh, manpower cannot find. Uh, everyone have their daily uh, firefighting to do. But for that, just that two weekends, gather together mm. with the right context and right space, connect and, and explore.
Yeah. Right. So they have full on conversations with people who can help them mm. maybe deal with specific problems or challenges as well. Yeah. So for us as the facilitator, we enable through panel sessions, there's plenty of like get together networking sessions, meaningful ones, right? Uh, in a more casual environment, let's talk and explore you know, what, what's your recent updates? What have you been doing? Um, and then these are the 100 founders. Mm. I just want to focus on them first. How did you decide which 100? So what was the criteria? So back then we it was a struggle because to, together with National Youth Council, we don't even know our hundred yet. Mm. So how who are we to say that oh you deserve to be in and you don't deserve to be in? Don't know. It is more like a pilot program for this hundred at, the, at this juncture. And then together with some of the trade associations like uh, Singapore Retailer Association, uh some of the private sectors like Timber, for example, they they, they provided some names. Ah, right. Okay, okay. So to shortlist and, and condense and form our hundred pilot. Okay, good that it was bottom up at least, right? So very organic in a sense. Mm. I understand that over a million dollars worth of seed funding was handed out to outstanding business ideas by upcoming youth entrepreneurs Mm. during this inaugural sandbox that you had. Nominations are open for the next batch of 100 Sandbox Somerset Youth Founders to mentor the next generation. So tell us more about this. This yeah. is the what's next and Correct. how can people get involved? Yeah. So we hope to broaden the scope. There are a lot of private sector that saw what we did and would like to contribute because it's all about making positive impact, right? Trying to support as much as possible. That's one. Second is there are very, very passionate founders that contribute beyond just, you know, when they say, oh, you know, come for photo shoot, come for some. Some went beyond and said that, what else? else can I do? Right? So we want to identify them together with them and highlight the next season founders. Right? And then, uh, of course, there are some of them, we call them day one entrepreneurs, like day one startups. They too should have opportunities as well to pop up for one day, you know, you know, showcase their products and stuff. As for the $1 million funding, it's also because a Shark Tank series that we collaborated with Seed Ventures. Basically, the founders will pitch in front of 30 to 35 sharks in mm. a sense. Of course, wow. there's those prime sharks, la, but then there's also other... Not, 30 to 35, okay. Yeah, potential investors, right? right? Then you pitch your idea and then straight away, you will have a survey to... They scan the QR code and say that, do I want to uh, invest in this startup or not? Okay. Those, it's okay. a very, very brutal one, but then it's really quite fun, la, right? Yeah, I'm sure. This is the way it should be done now. I think that sounds even better than the TV show. Uh, so if people want to get involved, they can just Google Sandbox Somerset. They yep, should be able to find the information. Visit sandboxsomerset.com. Okay, one last thing, Kent, before I let you go. Mm. What are the most obvious, biggest mistakes that you've seen entrepreneurs make and what should they be doing instead? I think it's, it's even applicable for me, actually. Often or not, we kind of like, when we do our planning, we always think of the most ideal scenario. Mm-hmm. But really, 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 really ideally plan for it, but really be prepared for, embrace the, the worst scenario outcome that you think that you think can happen to your business idea or your startup or, or, or your venture, right? Really imagine the worst. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. well, very gloomy to say that. But, but that, that, no, I'm aligned with you. It's just that people <laughs> always call me the party poop when I do that yeah, I mean, and they don't invite me to parties after that so. sure there's dev, uh, devil's advocate la, but then yeah. criticize la, but then 
you really have to kind of like think, think for a bit and sure you get excited by shiny objects, right? Go for it. I mean, that is the, the, the passion that drives, right? The, the very essence of entrepreneurship. But also kind of like plan for the worst, lah, right? What is the worst that can possibly happen? And come up with a solution. Solution or that. at least be, be prepared for it. Okay, right? that's a good tip for a pitch that you might do at the next Sandbox Somerset. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Kent, for joining us today. Kent Teo, founder and CEO of Inve. And if you'd like more information, like we said earlier, just Google Sandbox Somerset. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.